as you get into your posture, stir your determination, wake it up, strengthen it, know why you're sitting here, and think of it so strongly that it infuses, informs the posture itself, that the posture becomes conducive, that the breath becomes conducive. Think strongly about your motivation. There's a knowing that you need to get to. And there's a reason for getting to this knowing. May the body cooperate. May the breath cooperate. May the mind cooperate. to strengthen this determination. No, it's not going to be helpful only to you. It will be beneficial for all who are in the same situation. So, go to the legs, make sure they are comfortable, stable. Hands, Firmly placed, comfortably placed. Elbows not too far, not too close to the body. Shoulders even, relaxed. The back naturally straight, comfortable. Firm where you place it. Head and neck centered so you don't have to consciously have to hold them in place. Mouth, teeth, tongue, left in the natural places. The eyes conducive for you. They can be opened, closed, or half opened. Whichever is conducive for you, that's the one you adopt. Again, stir up that motivation, that determination. success. As you think of this, bring your attention to the space in front of you, at the level of your eyebrows, about a prostrations or an arm length distance from you. As though you're looking through a window between the eyebrows, and you're looking directly at the knees through which you will achieve your aim, your guarantee of achieving it, your infallible guide. <coughs> and for the sake of making contact with you, it appears in a form made entirely of light, a form that when you see it, immediately inspires you. 
thinking, the means to achieve your goal, your infallible guide, your perfect protector. Somewhere within you there's some measure of conviction that you are indeed in such a presence. No matter what the measure, hold on to it. However feeble your hold may be on it, stay with it. Then take refuge. Entrust yourself in this means, in this guide. Admit your faults, admit the actions committed under the influence of such faults. With the understanding that they are the very cause of whatever obstacles you are experiencing. Knowing that through the force of habit you are almost powerless turn to the three jewels for protection and guidance and strength. Then according to your capacity, make a promise to restrain, thinking of a definite period of time.
of an activity that you promise to do, either something to be done with the body, with the speech or with the mind. Again, according to your capacity. aspiring to achieve and rejoice that you have such aspiration. Rejoice about the efforts that you've done so far. Rejoice for those who have made similar efforts and have achievements. Rejoice for all types of merits. Stir up that determination 
know what you're going to meditate on, what you're seeking. Recall the merit you've gained from these preliminaries and dedicate the positive potential to help you succeed in your meditation. May your understanding be deeper. May the meditation itself have clarity. May your mind not be prone to distraction. that bright presence and ask that the teacher come to the crown of your head and feel that bright presence now above your head while feeling the rays of the teacher bathing you strongly wish to be free of your obstacles only wish to realize your goal. What you need in this very session. the form dissolves into a tiny point of light see that bright point of light descend through the crown of your head see and feel it merge with your mind at your heart center and find that measure of affirmation that you have become inseparable and hold on to it
bring your attention back to the breath. Staying aware of the breath. Slowly become aware of the body once more. sort of, I don't know, uh, usually we take longer with the preliminaries, right? And I sort of rush through it this time. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to not talk too much about uh, the topic. I'm just going to bring one little bit of confusion and then have you do your meditation, okay? Uh, we're going to be with wisdom meditation for, for, for a little bit longer, okay? Uh, uh, the main thing that will help you with with uh, wisdom meditation, and also the the thing that's going to help you with your understanding, is to don't forget the main point, and don't forget the the first thing that the Buddha said, okay, about it. And all the confusion really comes from. Uh, sort of missing the mark and then elaborating on, on, on what you've missed or like you know, what's, what's that term going off tangent so to speak and then elaborating on, on the on what comes up okay now from the same uh, sutra you have uh, uh, schools competing schools quoting the same sutra saying this is what the Buddha said and 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 the other and the other side said, yeah, the Buddha said that. So, and he said, but that means this and that. He said, wait a minute, I don't think you will read the same sutra. And the the other side said, this is what the Buddha said. And he said the same thing, yeah. And this is what the Buddha meant. And he said, well, sorry, you're completely wrong, completely missed it. Okay. And the same thing is happening. The same thing happened with uh, with uh, with Naga, with who's called Nagarjuna School, the middle way for the middle way, which is. Uh, all Mahayanis consider Nagarjuna to be the uh, the like the authority on the on the ultimate uh, intention of, of, of the Buddha. Okay. And those who are following Nagarjuna, who are listening, who, who read Nagarjuna, are very inspired by him. They're the one who are now competing, uh, uh, arguing, and debating with each other as to what did Nagarjuna really mean. This is what Nagarjuna meant. No, this is what Nagarjuna meant. Uh, in in India, the 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 debate was wasn't so, wasn't as uh, as heated as, as it became when when uh, 
when this knowledge of Nagarjuna arrived in Tibet. Actually, it, it's it's to the to the, to the Tibetans that uh, a lot of the uh, you say a lot of ideas and interpretation came out extracted from <coughs> what these people were, were saying. Okay. So th- when when the Chandrakirti, for example, was uh, criticizing Baba Viveka, they weren't really considered. Uh, uh, Chandrakirti wasn't really considering that Baba Viveka was some from other sc- from from some other school that he was debating. You were, were considering that they were in the same school, but Baba Viveka had misunderstood something. Okay, and then those who were supporting Baba Viveka were saying Chandrakirti misunderstood. Okay, and it wasn't until again when these writings, you know, like hundreds of years later, that the, they got into Tibet, and then hundreds of years later after that, that the Tibetans really made those as if Baba Viveka was had one school and Chandrakirti had another school. There was no such thing in in, in their minds. Okay, and besides. Uh, Bhavavirka would have been very old to be arguing with uh, 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 Kita because they're like many <laughs> generations <laughs> apart. <laughs> okay. So, now, in Tibet itself, there are those, uh, wh- when, uh, when they're trying to understand Chandrakirti and Bhavavirka and everybody else, some, the way they were interpreting Chandrakirti, they came up with they came up with a misunderstanding of Chandrakirti, according to others, and they criticized Chandra. They, uh, they, some of these Tibetans criticized Chandrakirti for misunderstanding, and then some criticized the Tibetan for misunderstanding Chandrakirti. So they, so they were pro Chandrakirti, and later on they said, "Wait a minute, this guy was somewhat right, but he was wrong about Chandrakirti, and this guy was somewhat wrong about this guy being about." So now you understand the confusion. <laughs> So, let's go back to the very simple thing, right? And perhaps when, when, uh, when you read uh, uh, the sutra that these, that these uh, you know, formidable uh, scholars seem to be uh, de- debating or, or, or disagreeing about, you, you, you might get a different idea. Okay. First of all, what's the point? What's the point? Why did the Buddha uh, come here, and why did the Buddha uh, 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 talk? Why did he, why did he teach this this uh, this thing called that we're now calling Buddhism? Freedom, enlightenment. That's the whole point, right? So here is a. Uh, uh, a method or a path by following it and it will get you there. Okay. And depending on different uh, listeners, different students, they would uh, explain the path in a slightly different way. And then because of the slightly different way and people may, uh, later students came to see that the Buddha taught ex- uh, completely different things. But when you read it, read, read, when you read it, you don't see any contradiction. You don't see any really different things. Okay. Uh, the, your meditation will not change. 
as to what you what you're going to be what what you are doing that you are calling uh, uh, wisdom meditation. The goal of it doesn't change. Okay, it's later on when you're trying to really analyze, really trying to understand certain things. Then you might go off on a tangent. You might completely lose the reason why you're doing the meditation in the first place. All right, confusion number one, number I don't know one. Number five or number seven, number eleven. <laughs> so, uh, before I bring the confusion, let me let me bring that illustration. Remember, uh, there's reality that you know, we all that we all experiencing, right? And something is happening unconsciously to our to us when we encounter reality, right? And this and according to the Buddha, it is we have a wrong understanding of, of what's going on, and it is because of based on this wrong understanding that's where all our problems come from. Okay, so we have to have a right understanding, okay, about reality. So, reality, understanding, there's a right and there's a wrong. Okay, now. We're going to go into elaborations, and we're talking about the same things. Here's reality, your experience. You have a uh, there's a way that you're engaging it that is giving you uh, that is giving us pain, that's giving us all the problems that we're experiencing. <coughs> and there's a if there's a way if you understand it, you will be free of pain. Okay. Now let's get let's let's get into the elaboration. Uh, Oh, I forgot the illustration. <laughs> Open hand and close and uh, and uh, close fist, right? You, you, there is the reality. Okay, I mean, d- don't go into any uh, philosophical uh, abstract about when I say reality. Okay, you know, when uh, when you're looking at the outside and it's snowing, it you say it's snowing. Okay, that's reality. Don't go into abstract. What, it, what is it really? No, I'm not going there. Okay. Fist, <laughs> reality, fist, and then what your mind, uh, maybe uh, it would be better the other way. <laughs> reality, open hand, and when you look, when you, when you look at it with ignorance, with misunderstanding, you get fist. Uh, am I confusing you? With this illustration? Okay, I'll reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> there's really a fist there but when you're looking at it you, 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 your mind says open hand okay there's really a fist I'm not even going to show you the open hand when, you, when, you, when you're looking at it your mind says open hand is this an open hand is this an open hand no. no but when your mind looks at it so now that's reality right when your mind looks at it, your mind says open hand. So your mind has a misunderstanding of it. Okay? Why? Maybe your mind says fingers, and all of a sudden it says, when you see fingers, it must be open hands. There are fingers here, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what your mind is doing. Okay? It's looking at some details and then elaborating on, on those details and drawing a conclusion. Okay? So, it, w- is there open hand here? Where is open hand here? Is so 
this is not open hand. Is that a truth about this? Yeah. Okay? This is not open hand. That is the truth about this. And why are you saying this is not open hand? Because your mind keeps saying this is open hand. Okay? So you have to tell your mind this is not open hand. Yeah, your mind has to look at it directly. Your mind has to somehow see really it, really see it for it to, for your mind to tell yourself to uh, for one part of your mind to tell the other part of the mind this is not open hand. Okay? Now where is open hand? Here. You don't see it anywhere. So the fact that this is not open hand is the truth about this because the mind is think this is open hand. Okay? The fact that this is not open hand is the truth about this because the mind thinks it's open hand. The mind is convinced it is open hand. Okay? Now, this is where, here's the confusion now, okay? Now, <laughs> set it up. <laughs> the fact that this is not open hand is the ultimate truth about this. Okay? Open hand is what the mind thinks is there. Is what the mind thinks is seeing. And the truth about it is it is not. And and how does the mind come to realize that it is not open hand? How do you come to realize that this is not open hand? Directly seeing it. And you're directly seeing it is not open hand. Okay? Now, where is open hand? I'm keep, keep asking that question. So do you remember? Okay. In the mind. Okay. And outside of the mind, where is open hand? It's not there. It's not there. <laughs> okay? Well now let's 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 go back to where the 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 point of it uh, it wasn't just the Buddha wasn't uh, didn't come to talk about open hand and and and, and, and closed fist right it's 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 uh, concerning your experience something something about your reality that you're experiencing that is fundamental to you that you want a profound change okay so reality. There's a way that the mind is conceiving reality that is not nothing to do with reality. Okay. So that way that the mind thinks reality is, where is it? It's the same question about open hand. Outside of the mind, where is it? Okay. Now, outside of the mind, that thing, what can you say about it? It's it comes from the mind. No, you're still in the mind. I'm saying, outside of the mind, this is that thing, what can you say about it? Nothing. Perfect. There's nothing you can say about it. Because it's not there. And then uh, saying, and saying, there's nothing you can say about it. 
and then some people might even elaborate on that or oh, what is that nothing <laughs> okay. and that's exactly <laughs> where the elaboration confusion comes in what is that nothing you mean emptiness nothing no see you're elaborating on what I'm saying watch the mind carefully it loves to do that okay that thing like the fit like the open hand that you think exists when you really look at this where is open hand it's not there it's not there and what can you say about it okay yeah and then and just stay with that don't elaborate on the word nothing and and make it in some sort of uh, treaties that you elaborate on okay Okay, we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. Hold that. We're going to get there. So, that, that open hand or the fact that is not open hand okay, or the fact that what we think exists, the object that we think exists, open hand, doesn't exist anywhere. What is that fact? What can you say about it? Construct of the mind. <laughs> and we're using a lot of nice words, right? Now. Could you repeat once again? Okay. Open, uh, open hand. Right. The mind thinks it's open hand here. Right? That open hand doesn't exist here, right? Mm-hmm. Now the fact that you have that you have realized that there is not open hand here. That fact. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's elaborating. <laughs> it's because uh, that's because of the training you've been trained to call it emptiness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we we're gonna we're not gonna we may not use that term. Okay. So, so, so you you can get a fresh look at it. Okay. No awakening. Sorry. No awakening. There, there's an awakening that that's happening, but in that awakening, remember, in that awakening, what object are you seeing concerning open hand? Lack of no object. No object. Lack of it. It's not there. No, it's, 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 it's not even imagination. Okay, all right. I'm going to go a little bit further. <laughs> so, that open hand. How would you describe it? How would you describe something that's not there? Yeah, okay. Now, the fact that it is not there, that's the truth about it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what is that fact? 
The fact? That was the truth. It's false. It's empty. Back himself. What was that? Another way. Another way. Oh, good. He threw that in there. <laughs> He's in trouble, by the way. In in the uh, the the introductory praise to to uh, in the Hat Sutra, where it says Masam Jerme, indescribable thoughts or deeds. Yeah, okay, indescribable by word, thoughts or or deeds. Okay, and open hand. Is that true about that open hand? Yeah, it is true about that open hand. It is in this oh, What are you going to be describing? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's your mind is going to try to describe it, or your 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 body, your 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 speech. What are you going to be describing? <laughs> okay. Well, after you have that little awakening moment, you can <laughs> describe what you saw before the open hand. You could describe it as like you know the way you unfortunately seen things before. No, we're not talking about the fist. We talk about open hand. Right. Where is open hand? It doesn't exist, but unfortunately, it existed before because of the way we were reprogrammed to think. Ah, it existed before. Thing. Okay. In our minds, it did exist, and we behaved. In our minds. In our minds. It doesn't exist, but we know what it is like. So we imagine. Okay. Now this is this is I I don't know there must be some sort of a philosophical term for it. This is taking the metaphor too far. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about fist open hand right here. Okay, where is open hand right here? Okay. So what you're elaborating on on the open hand? Can you describe the open hand here? Can you think about it? <laughs> and when you're thinking about it, what are you seeing? Man, here, man, right here. The open hand that is right here. There is no open hand. Okay. Now, now think of ultimate truth. What is ultimate truth about? It's, it's, it's not something out there. It is simply you encounter a reality and then what is the, the nature of that reality? So it's only in, in reference to, to that can you, make, can you say the word term ultimate. Ultimately truth. The ultimate truth about open hand here is that there's no open hand. There's no open hand. And now, when the Buddha says, it's, it's, it, it, you cannot describe it. And then people f- fall out, they, go, they extrapolate on the metaphor, so to speak. Oh, it! You cannot describe it. So it must be out of this world. <laughs> it must be out of this world. It must be something that exists only in that category 
You will simply talk about the open hand right here. What can you say about it? Okay. Now, his his somewhat uh, no so some some further uh, elaborations the Buddha said about it. Okay, remember, keep it simple. If you try to keep it, no matter how elaborate the, the explanation is, if you just keep it simple, go back to the basics. It will help you. Okay. Ultimate truth, object of ultimate truth, is not something that you can know. The Buddha said that. And from that, people elaborate, people uh, draw the conclusion that, well, since the ultimate, um, ultimate truth is perfectly known by the Buddha, and then you cannot know it, then the Buddha exists in a, in a state of not knowing anything. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing anything. Anything. reality, there's your experience and there's the conclusion that you're drawing about it. That conclusion is wrong and the object of your conclusion doesn't exist at all. Mm. Now what about this reality that you're drawing uh, conclusions about? What about it? Is something else other than yeah. Okay. What is it really? <laughs> oh. what, what is this? So the Buddha doesn't know that this is a fist. Is this a fist? Yeah. That's what it is. You calling it open hand is your problem. <laughs> it's not its problem. So his uh, oof, okay. Looking at a mirror, and you see a reflection. Now, is it the fault of the reflection that you think it's a person? No. Is it, does a person exist in, in, in talking about the reflection? The, the, the reflection, is it a person? No. no. What is it? Perfect. A reflection. Now, because it's not a person, even though it looks like a person, it's not its fault. It's a reflection. Its job is to be a reflection. Conventional reality. What is conventional reality? To appear one way while it, while it is not. That's its job. For you to think that it is the way it appears is your problem. Now to say that because it, doesn't, it is not the way it appears means it doesn't exist at all now you're going too far. Conventional reality never said, <laughs> I am the way I appear. It just appeared. And your mind went to, to the conclusion of saying, it is the way it appears. And now, 
because it is not the way it appears and the way we understand a lie to be we call conventional reality a lie it's a false now do not, mis- do not misunderstand lie and a false meaning doesn't exist at all like the reflection is there a reflection? Yes. yes. Does it exist? Yes. Is it a person? No. no. Is it a false person? No. no. <laughs> if you think it's a person, whose fault is it? Us. It's, 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 it's doing its job. It's being a reflection. Conventional reality is reflection. A mere, like a reflection. Okay, it's a mere appearance, and by mere appearance means it appears. What does that mean? What What is it that it's appearing? It's appearing to possess or to own its existence. Like when you look at an object, it seems like the object is existing by by power of the object the object is making itself exist it appears that way that's the job of the object to appear that way and for you to completely buy into it is your problem okay and if you keep looking at the mirror and you keep you arguing with the reflection and you continue to argue continue to argue the mirror the reflection is not going to stop being a reflection okay so the problem that we are having with existence, what causing, what's causing us all our problems, in a sense, is looking at the reflection, thinking it's a person, and blaming the, the reflection for not, being a, for not being really a person. If it exists, there's only one way it exists. Mm. What is that one way? Interdependently. As a reflection. As a a convention. Whether it is something that you put the label pure upon, or whether it is something that you put the label impure upon. If it exists, whether it is pure, whether it is impure, it's a mere convention. It's a mere appearance. Whether you're in Buddha land, in Nirvana, whether you're in samsara, suffering, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, that experience is a mere convention. So the same way samsara is a lie, Nirvana is also a lie, the Buddha lands are also lies. Now, you're taking it too far <laughs> okay why is buddhahood a lie huh it's also a reflection yeah put the right conditions together and you have the reflection called buddhahood put the right conditions together you have the reflection called samsara it's still a reflection if you want your reflection to be a reflection of samsara, then remove all those things that are creating the reflection. If you want your reflection to be the reflection of Buddhahood, 
and put the conditions together and that reflection will be a reflection of Buddhahood. But when you end up with a reflection of Buddhahood, the reflection still be, is still a reflection. Okay. Now, when the Buddha was, I guess, people are really getting it now. I mean, they've been talking about emptiness for a long time. Emptiness, 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 emptiness. Now people started to uh, uh, take emptiness and make it into some entity into itself. They t- they're taking it out of the context as, as out of the context into which it was presented in the first place. Okay. Now emptiness becomes an entity by itself, and people start to elaborate on this emptiness. And and the Buddha just wanted to remind them, what are you people doing? There's nothing to describe. There's emptiness is not it's not uh, it's, it's indescribable. It's not something that that can be conceptualized because it's open fist. It's open fist. <laughs> I mean, open hand, not open fist. It's open hand. Okay. Oh, the Buddha said uh, emptiness is indescribable. So therefore, this and that, this and that, this and that, this and that. Okay. Now, all this elaboration is to <laughs> when when you're starting to get to understand emptiness your mind goes into emptiness. I'm not saying your mind directly perceives emptiness and you have this understanding, but your mind takes emptiness as your object of analysis and it makes it into something else and it starts to elaborate upon it. Okay. And then once you elaborate upon it, then you have, you have Swatantrika, Prasangika, uh, and all the Kikas. <laughs> okay. Okay, why are you laughing? Kick out something, right? Okay. So be careful. Don't fall into the trap of the Spatron Chicas. Or the trap of the Pasangikas. Okay. And then you have to ask, you have to tell yourself, whose prasangika is right? Okay, it's not just there's not just one prasangika going around. From the very beginning, when the Buddha uh, came out of his meditation or whatever you want to call it, pretended to be enlightened or became enlightened, whatever. The thing is, is enlightened and is manifesting, okay, and he's teaching. And the first pronouncement he made, he was talking about how to get out of samsara. And all the oh, was that uh, fifty years later, fifty or so years later, that's that's the same that he was talking about, okay. And within that time, you have uh, different. Uh, students of different faculties drawing different schools from what the Buddha is talking about. Oh, when the Buddha said that, he was, because you're a kid, he was saying this and that. But now that, I, that he met me, he was mature. <laughs> or he met a mature disciple, so he explained it in a mature way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, sorry. When the Buddha said, 
it is uh, interdependent. It is the same thing as in later saying Masam, well, you didn't, didn't quite say Masam Jum. Where did he say that? Yeah. Okay. And later when he said Masam Jume, when he was saying emptiness is indescribable, he was saying the same thing. And if if you draw Prasangika Madhyamika out of one and then Santrantrika out of the other, that's your problem. <laughs> okay. If it helps you get out of samsara, then that's it. That w- the Buddha fulfills his, 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 uh, his job, his function. Now, so oof. The Buddha is a mirror as well. Is a mirror or the reflection? I'm elaborating on the metaphor. There was one little thing I wanted to say that would really get you, but uh, yeah, I'll save that for later. <laughs> uh, because it's really late. Establish comfort, stability. five cycles of breath. Be attentive to the sense of ease descending on the body, the breath and mind.
sense of self strongly as you can and with sincerity seek to establish it to get to that meditative state. Let the mind feel a sense of freedom, freedom wandering in this room. And focusing on the absence of what's the absence the objects which are absent in this room, the mere absence. The mere absence that's in the floor absence of space, which is space, absence is in consciousness, and the absence which is in nothing, no thing, and the absence which is in no mental engagement whatsoever. from within that meditative state, bringing forth a strong sense of self and looking for it sincerely.
mindful of the tranquil state you find yourself now and endeavor to remain in the tranquil state and from within that tranquil state embrace all beings again looking at their conditions compassion and love swell in your heart make strong wishes that they may be free of whatever problems they are experiencing that they may find true happiness and your wishing be so strong it's as if you're willing it to happen to the achievement of your ultimate goal. Staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body starting with the top of the head. Breathing more and more until you reach your toes. If I uh, confuse you, my job was done. <laughs> <laughs> If I didn't, well, I'll try next time. <laughs>